Hi, everybody. My name's Sean Shaler. I almost said my name's Chris Ford. That's weird. I'm Sean Shaler. Despite my identity crisis, that's Chris Ford down there, a.k.a. the objective geek of YouTube and Twitter. Uh, Chris, are you still on the Twitter throughout the chaos? You still you still doing the Twitter? Yeah. I mean, I noticed that everyone, feel like it's like a lot of people are just chicken little, their heads cut off. And uh, wait, not their heads cut off, but wait, chicken you're running around she's like running chickens around with their heads with cut, their off. Heads cut off. Chicken Little <laughs> is the I put two the sky is falling, right? Together. Yes, the sky. Yep, falling. one of those uh, is yeah, like very yeah. violent. <laughs> uh, um, no, yeah, Twitter's to me. Twitter, like it's weirdly enough, I'm starting to get ever since Elon Musk took over, I get way more spam messages than I ever did. I don't think I've ever gotten one before, and now I get one on the regular. So there's something going on there. Um, but no, Twitter's Twitter's Twitter, and it's gonna be, it's a billion. I don't know how big it is. What is it like? I don't know. I don't. I don't remember what billion, he paid for billion, it. Five billion, ten billion. Oh, he paid forty-four billion. That's what it was. I, uh, that sounds like too much to me now. for Twitter. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why he would. Like why? Like it just seemed like a very... all, all I know is that uh, so I, I listen to other other podcasts or other YouTube shows that cover that cover the chaos. And I think my favorite part is him like talking about how there's never been more active users on Twitter than there is right now. It's like, yeah, cause everybody likes to watch stuff like catch on fire, you know? So yeah. we're, even I went back to Twitter voluntarily for no reason just to watch it be on fire. But well, that being said, Chris, you're still of, of Twitter fame until it, until it burns. It won't burn. It's going to listen. It's fun to speculate. It's not going to burn or leave. It just, might look slightly different, but it's it's going to be fine. And we're Avatar The Last Podcasters. We today are going to take... A, we had like a, a set of bad news since the past three recordings. Had some, some famous people important to us pass away, unfortunately. So we're going to do an episode where, where mostly it's going to be you telling me things I didn't know about Kevin Conroy. Because I know Kevin Conroy as specifically one thing. And I assume that you have a much broader knowledge base. But remembering Kevin Conroy, who passed away recently, as well as, I'm going to mess his name up, Jason David Frank. Yes. Got it. That one. Right. Excellent. Um, to a lesser degree, no offense, Jason. I, I like Power Rangers. I've got a Serpentera up there somewhere. But um, not to the extent of of Batman to any degree. But... Regardless, um, Chris, I, I'm gonna let the, let you take this episode wherever you want to take it. Um, I'm ready to to learn about all of Kevin Conroy's works and their impact on you. Yeah. So, as I've mentioned before, as is as is evident, <laughs> I'm a huge fan of Batman. You say so that there's not that one Batman thing on your screen right now, which is like literature. Thank you. Okay, there we go. Proof. Okay. okay. It was Batman card. It's the other wall. My, my, my room is messy, though, but if, uh, if you just but look it's around. The other, yeah, there you go. It's that wall. It's just all. Oh, there's a whole. There's a bat back, wall, basically. Like, back back there is the Batman tall. A whole shelf of, of Batman stuff. Uh, yeah, so I have loved Batman, like, since. Literally, since I can remember. Like, I don't, I really don't know a time in my life that I did not love Batman. Um, I've told people, I've, I've said this before, which since we're in the past, which I've realized really isn't that true, but 
I, I've said before in the past, I've loved only three men in my life. Uh, my dad, Jesus, and Batman. Like, and I love those to various degrees. And Batman the Animated Series was a huge part of that. It like, It is the reason why I am the person that I am on so many different levels. Like when I looked around this basement and there is hundreds of action figures, there are posters, there are, it's, it's, everything is just, it all goes back to Batman, the animated series, where I gained my love of Batman and hence my love of superheroes and my love of cartoons, um, which is, uh, so all that being said, Kevin Conroy is the, he, he is Batman. Like, a lot of Batman fans, if you ask us who's the best Batman, we'll say, all right, we're not counting Kevin Conroy, right? And then, because <laughs> it's a given. It is a given. Okay, um, <laughs> because it is a given. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a, Kevin Passway was, was huge. Like, it was, uh, I, I was definitely in my feelings and in my emotions that day. Because, like, it felt like Batman died, like the actual character, which is weird. Also, because I am down in my basement, which is like almost a monument to him, because there's like, I'm leaving a poster right now that I love. It's one of my favorite posters. It's uh, of him, of Batman, red moon in the background, red sky, and then like the villains underneath. Uh, very great composition done by Bruce Tim. But it was just this so weird so like I, i've never met well i'm sorry that's not true i have met kevin conroy which i'll get to that in a little bit like for a person i only met one time to fetch me so much is uh it's weird i was there but i, I remember going. it well um but do you do you know him from any of his other works Coincidentally, about, or is anything else that you went and found of Kevin Conroy because you were looking for more Kevin Conroy? The thing about Kevin Conroy is that really he hasn't really done all that much stuff outside Batman. Like, there is not, I don't think there's another actor and character that are so intertwined with each other as Batman is with Kevin Conroy. Like, the, the two are almost. One the same. Like Kevin Conroy isn't known for any other roles. He's been in a couple other things. Um, it was really interesting. He is. Um, he uh, he like went to Juilliard. You do you know what Juilliard is, right? Uh, art school. Yeah, it's just, yeah art school. Uh, you can go to various different things. He went there for acting. You know, he is really into to acting. Um, and so he. He wasn't like into comic books or anything, and uh, it's funny when he went, when he interviewed not interviewed audition <laughs> when he that's something I'm on an interview I'm like oh well, I have an audition uh, <laughs> I'm gonna call every interview well you are you're auditioning but for a much less yeah. uh, much less interesting job <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> no offense normal jobs um, but when he auditioned for the role of Batman like he talked to Bruce Tim about it. And he did not know much about. All he knew about Batman was the Adam West show. Bruce Tim was like, "No, no, no, we're not doing that. No offense to that, we're not doing that." That's a good choice, probably. Yeah, and so, um, 
it's a, and he was like one of the first people to to give Batman kind of two voices, right? He has the Bruce Wayne voice, then he has the Batman voice. Like since then, pretty much everyone has copied that formula. Like even Michael Keaton's voice, it's like his Bruce Wayne and Michael... Batman voice aren't. It's just like far a lower, different. like a slightly yeah, lower a little, register, a little, a little bit. Yeah, which is fine, um, but. Fine, yes, but yeah. not the same. Is all yeah. I'm getting at. Fine, yeah, I'm I'm good with. It. No one has. Like, I'm 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 cool with everyone's Batman voice. Um. Uh, but Kevin Conroy has like Kevin Conroy's Batman voice is the voice I hear when I read comic books, and it has been since I started reading comic books. So in a way, it's like like it felt like Batman died, but also you know that it's eternal because every time you. One thing, every time I look around, there's it's everywhere. But also, every time you read a comic book, you're always going to hear his voice saying words that he's never even said before, which is a crazy thought as well. You're superimposing voices. You're not even hearing them. You're you're superimposing them. Yeah. Um, one other interesting thing about him is that didn't really come out until like the last year that uh, Kim Conroy is. Um, He's gay, and like no one, he didn't like. It, it's interesting when he was like approaching the role of Batman. He he recently wrote a comic book, um, about him finding the character of Batman. Recently was like, oh yeah, well this person has like two lives. Like he's he has this self that he shows to people, and the, and the, show, and the side that he hides. Kevin Conroy in the comic book wrote like, oh well, I can relate to that. Uh, which is really interesting um, that he, you know, in, in that time, in like the 80s, like you had to pretty much just hide who you are or risk being shown by 80s and 90s or risk being shown by, you know, your loved ones and friends and stuff like that. Probably um, especially for a role that has some amount of association with, yeah, uh, with just like masculinity. I, I Mascul- can't think yeah. of a better word. Yeah. Um, and, or like uh, parents say, you know, I don't want my kid to watch that show because Kevin yeah, Conroy yeah. is gay. You know, so yeah, that could have had pretty they already had, sad backlash. Enough, they, uh, Batman was actually the character of Batman was accused of trying to like it's like the Robin thing. Anyway, long time ago, not important. Not I'm not before. wearing hockey pants. Uh, but I uh, mean, I had a point I was gonna make, and you know, I kind of forgot it. Um, but he just—he just epitomizes so much Batman, and so many people talk about him as just a person. How he was so welcoming, so giving with everything. Um, he's not—he's never one of the celebrities of like, oh well, you know, yeah, he's cool sometimes, but other times he's been rude or something like that. No one—I've never heard a single bad thing about Kevin Conroy. And when we met him, uh, that was like just great for me. It's like meeting like I was five years old again. Uh, I mean, your childhood hero. And he was very gracious, uh, and he was like, you know, that, you know, we, you know, I'm, I'm all. He was very appreciative of, of the fans and stuff. He was like, you know, you guys all make it worthwhile and stuff. And of course, at every con, like he, so we met him in I think 2018, Planet Comic Con. And uh, the one before the COVID and, one closed, I was thinking 2019. Did 2019 still happen? Because I've. Because I first in 2018, 
first cosplayed as Batman. You cosplayed as Bane. The year after that, I cosplayed as Static. So that was 2019. 20... I played as Static while you cosplayed as, I think, Harry Potter. Sounds right. And then 2020 was canceled. 2021... I cosplay as a static again. And? Wait, 2021? You brought two costumes, right? No, that was this year. No, that was last year. Yeah. 2022, cosplay as a static in the mon. Yeah. So we've been to four, I think. Yeah. That sounds four over five years. Sounds right. Yeah. Okay, so 2018. Um, yeah. And so all the times in cons, he, you know, he gets up, he does a whole... I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. Like his, and when I met him, you can, you can just feel his voice. When I met him, I'm not like lying here, but I can, I could feel his voice reverberating through the table from the ground up through me. Like I, I'm not, what's the, like imagining this? This was like a legit thing. He, it was really cute. I want to say it was for a small girl that asked him for an autograph and asked him to say the line. So, like, standing up on the chair or the table, I don't recall yeah. which. And, you know, you and I were just chattering, and then all of a sudden, like, just waiting in line, and then yeah. all of a sudden you hear the voice kind of <laughs> boom over the head in a pretty loud place. It's not like the whole yeah. place went quiet. Like, it's a huge place, but the immediate surrounding area immediately <laughs> went quiet. Yeah. And that was really cool. Yeah. Just, like, like instant, everybody knew the voice that was in line there, obviously, everybody around us in other lines instant silence um it was really cool that's like i mean that's my only kevin conroy memory outside of the show in any way shape or form but that's a good one to hang on to yeah which at that time i wish i would have went to a panel with him on it but that was our first comic con and i don't think we had any idea about like panels i thought they called us like extra maybe or anything like that so i just ignored panels (laughs) um yeah, I don't, I mean, and if you didn't know it, then I knew even less. I was just there following you around. Yeah. I, uh, the only convention I had been to prior to that time was strictly, uh, was basically was PAX, which is almost strictly video games. And I knew that there were panels, but at that time I didn't go to those either uh, because my wife and I just like walked around and looked at cosplay and a lot of vendors had games and stuff. So I'd literally never been in like a yeah. panel of any type. So I had no idea what to expect. So, yeah, we probably just wandered around for several hours. Yeah. Uh, so, if I... To, anyway, that would... Not anyway. That sounds like I'm wrapping up here. Um, that's kind of just a, a gist of... Of how impactful Kevin Conroy has been on... Been on my I, life and in my world. Like, I legit would not be the person I am today if it wasn't for... Having an animated series, who Kevin Conroy uh, was a big part of that. Do you, uh, can you hit me with a favorite quote? Is it the I Am Vengeance? I oh, am no, yeah. So uh, I, I have been thinking about my favorite, like my favorite quotes, favorite time. moments. Hit me with the, with the yeah. emotional bits. Chris, this is uh, a safe I'll space end... where you can let your feelings out. Uh, I'll end with the last, my last favorite. Because it's like my favorite Batman moment of all time. So I'll end with that. Um, I really, you know, the movie, the long, not the long, the movie, um, The Killing Joke. Not a lot of people like the movie, which I understand why not a lot of people like the movie. Because the first half of it was like the Batgirl story. And there was that, like, that was me that. too. I didn't, it was a weird A plot, B plot, the way that it was divided chronologically. I still enjoyed yeah. it, but I didn't love it. 
Like, I'd watch I, it again. I, I was fine with it. I understand it. I'm not um, a good critic, though, but, for that stuff. I, I mean, they, they... The Killing Joke is such a small... Like, it's not a long book. It's, it's more of a, like... It's barely bigger than a weekly issue of a... Of a not a monthly issue of a comic. I literally so they, just they put really, it on the shelf, like, like 10 minutes ago, man. It's, it's not big. I don't know. Yeah. It's a quick read, also. Um, and so they had to add a lot of stuff in there. And so they just added a whole Batgirl section to it. Which I understand, because they make Batgirl more of a character, have her have more of her own agency, and instead of just giving her up to be the sacrificial lamb, to be the inspiration and motivation for two other male, or one other male character. So I'm fine that they... I'm, I was fine with the first half of the story. But the second half of the story, I think Kevin Conroy gives one of his best performances as Batman in that. And I'm really glad they went with Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill to do this because it's one of the most important Joker stories, Joker and Batman stories. Because then Batman is like, I want to help you. Like, if we keep going down this path, like, it's not one of us is going to kill the other. Like, I want to help you. I want to rehabilitate you. Because that's what Batman is. And I don't want to go too far down this path of, like, crapping on the movies and stuff. Because I love... One thing, I, I, I at least like every... No, that's not true. <laughs> this Batman I tolerate. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I love me and the Batman movies. Pretty, pretty much all the Snyder ones. And, of course, I love every single Nolan one. And Batman 89 is a um, monumental movie in itself. Batman kills in all this movie to varying degrees. And Kevin Conroy's Batman, I don't feel like ever killed because he was more aspirational than I think those other Batman were. He was trying to fits Gotham, he was trying to be empathetic and reach out to the villains, always seeing that maybe there's a chance at redemption for them. You know, um, being on the, sh like a, like a, an animated series cartoon show, like lent itself well to that, right? Like that's a nice, um, uh, spoiler alert for next, next week's episode. That's like a nice plot convenience. Like you get to be on the kids show with a character that doesn't kill you know, that, that kind of lines out in a, effective way yeah i mean i think even in he, he hasn't done that many things that were rated r um he wasn't i mean kevin conrad has done so many different batman roles in different mediums oh they talk about the arkham games holy crap uh, arkham oh games, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah he also goes in and delivers a really great performance there right, let me let me circle back to my original thing i was talking about the killing joke he has a really great performance in The Killing Joke. Arkham Games is also really good at... Um, he delivers, I think, this performance that is more grounded and real. And he still is trying to save the villains, in, in, in a sense. Like, there's a moment in Arkham City where Joker gets the Joker or Bane toxin or whatever it is. And, and Batman has a cure. And Joker, like... Stabs him or something to where the cure falls over. And Batman says to him, like, you know what's funny? Even after you did everything you did, because he, like, just killed Talia. 
Uh, he was like, Batman was like, I would have given you the serum. I would have give. I would have saved your life. And Joker's like, <laughs> that is funny. And he dies. <laughs> um, so I think even in you know, I think many Capcom's performances are still even if because those Arkham games are like PG thirteen. Most of the time, he was still displaying a Batman who still had hope. There was one time he didn't really display Batman that was kind of out of hope, and that was in like a CW crossover. He finally played Batman in, in live action for the first time, which is really cool. Just him see, I accepted that that he he was kind of like he wasn't evil or anything. He was just more disgruntled and he far was more curmudgeonly cool Batman. Yeah, and he was he was cool with killing his bad guys. Like I was fine for it for that story it made sense um so arkham games are great um his performance i completely forgot that he voiced batman in the arkham games Uh, arkham i always get it mixed up arkham city is probably it it, it's probably in my top 20 video games of all time city specifically Mm -hmm. i like i like asylum I never touched Night, actually. Origins, I don't know if I even made it through, but it was still good. But, like, anytime I want to play a Batman game, I'll go pick up Arkham City. That's probably a top 20 video game for me. Yeah. Weirdly enough, uh, contrary to the purpose of this episode, uh, my favorite... I've come to the realization that my favorite Batman Arkham game is actually Arkham Origins. I think it has, like, the best story. It has a good gameplay... Uh, just as good as gameplay, because because it's building on top of what's came before it. Um, but I think the story really elevates it and it has pretty decent graphics. I really want them to remaster it. I doubt they will because technically it's not like in the Arkham. It's in the Arkham series, but a different studio did it. I think WB Montreal did not it. Rocksteady Rock or Steady. yeah. Uh, yeah. My dirty secret is that my favorite way to play Arkham City is the Wii U the armored edition because yeah, the gamepad gets to be used at oh I've already told the story at some point. It's just weird to me that like there's almost no reason to have a Wii U except that yeah. that game does a really nice job of letting you use the gamepad as like a utility belt. And that's it, I mean it just it's one of the few things on that stupid gamepad that just actually works. So like I can't get rid of my Wii U because there's no other way to <laughs> like have that that specific experience which pisses me off. But such is life. <laughs> Arkham uh, City to the Switch. Let's go. <laughs> my other favorite Kevin Conroy performance is in um, Massive Phantasm, which is still like one of the best Batman movies. There's a specific scene of him at his parents' grave because he's like, hasn't become Batman yet. And Andrea Beaumont comes to his life. And he wants to like propose to her, but he's also like, well, I have this mission, I have this promise that I made my parents. He's at their grave. He's like, it's it's raining and he's somewhat crying. He's like, I'm sorry, like I can't do this. Like I didn't, like I know I made a promise, but I can give more money to the cops. I can, I can do this. Like it, they can handle it. Like I'm sorry, I didn't expect this. I didn't expect to be happy. It's it's like Batman just so it just epitomizes that character of just the tragedy of that character because he's like crying out, pleading to his dead parents, can he be happy? And he's so 
he's so messed up in a way emotionally that he can't realize that his parents will want his parents doesn't want him to be Batman. His parents want him to be happy, to get married, to have a life, to find happiness. Uh, really great scene. I think it's still crazy that just like that movie, that animated movie came out in theaters and was like, you know, canonical <laughs> piece of a long running TV series. Like that by itself is kind of amusing. Um, and I have one, I will say my other big Batman, because we, we know a lot of people that like Batman, but maybe the other person in my life who's, who's like favorite piece of media is Batman. He'll tell you that Mask of Phantasm is his favorite Batman movie. I think he's not quite as fond of the Christian Bale trilogy as uh, as you and or I are. But anyway, it just, I don't know, it's just crazy to think of like part of a, a, an episode, a long episode of a TV series coming out in theaters. I don't know if that was common at that time. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then my favorite moment, well, also I think his performances throughout Justice League, the animated series was really good. Uh, specifically, my favorite Batman moment takes place in my favorite episode of anything, and that is episode epilogue <clears throat> in Justice League Unlimited. Uh, I've sure I've said this before. There's a scene where there's this young girl who has psychic powers, and uh, her powers used to be that she could warp people's perception of reality. And then it evolved into, like, she is literally warping reality. And she has an aneurysm. And if she dies, like, this psychic backlash could destroy things measured in miles. And then Amanda Waller sends Batman in to kill her because she needs to be killed or she could risk... She's going to die anyway. She could risk killing, you know, thousands, probably, you know, thousands. Essentially killing her in in a controlled... Not environment, it's not the right, but yeah, pretty much in a way that terms. she won't have that psychic backlash. Yeah, Batman goes in uh, and sees her, and she's on this. Her name is Ace. She's swinging on swing, and then they just kind of talk a little bit, and then she's like, uh, Ace is like, they, you know, Cadmus made me a weapon, like I had my childhood taken away from me, and Batman's <clears> like. I know what that feels like. And she's like, you do, don't you? She's like, you don't have to tell me. I can read your mind. That's how I knew you weren't going to kill me. That's how I knew you weren't going to use uh, that weapon. Then he puts the weapon down. And she's like, I'm dying, aren't I? And he goes, yes. And then she says, like, will you stay with me? And like, granted, he, Kevin Conroy's doing an amazing job acting. But the, the writing is so good in this scene, written by also the late, great Dwayne McDuffie. Dwayne McDuffie, if people don't know, um, was a co-founder, pretty much the architect of Milestone Comics, which is Static, who, I've, of course, I've just said before, I've cosplayed as and love that character as well. Um, and then, so Batman then, you know, he gets on the swing next to Ace, and, and puts out his hand, and holds her hand, and he stays with her until she dies peacefully. Um, but he couldn't bring himself to kill her. He had such that code of not killing her, he couldn't kill her. Also, you know, he realizes in that moment that, you know, he is able to uh, empathize with Ace because 
he too had his childhood ripped away. So great moment. That's my like. It is rare that. So like I said before, I love Batman forever. Uh, not the movie. <laughs> and it is rare for a moment in anything to change my like fundamental perception of that character. In this moment, did that for me. It took him from being like this dark agent of vengeance to being this aspirational character who is just there to console people. Do you remember when you first saw that moment? Was it pretty immediately like one of your favorites or was it a more you saw it, the more you liked it thing? It was weird. So the episode, the episode starts off. So I was watching Justice League Unlimited. I was in about 10th grade. But one reason why I remember I was in 10th grade because I was in chemistry class and I remember learning about Newton's laws of whatever of, of like Newton's second law of physics saying the matter cannot be created nor destroyed in, in the episode of Justice League Batman brought that up because Superman got like hit with his ray gun and looked like he was killed like completely there was no trace of him and everyone just thought he was killed by this like ray gun and Batman is like um, there's no like residue here or anything there's no like sign of destruction. It's like Newton's second law of physics. Matter cannot be created nor destroyed. And I was like, holy crap, I just learned that. <laughs> uh, so that was fifth grade. So I was watching every new episode that came out. And you know, this is the internet wasn't what it was. And so when you watch a new episode, you have no idea what it's about. The episode just starts off with like this person breaking in into a house. And you're like, what is going on? And then this person is breaking into Amanda Waller's house and he has a batarang and it's Terry McGinnis who looks like he's 40 years old and I'm used to seeing Terry McGinnis as like a 17 year old kid I'm like what the heck is going on in this episode and so I was already immediately <clears throat> drawn into the episode so Terry is there because he finds out that him and Bruce have you seen the episode epilogue? Uh-uh. oh you should watch it on HBO Max. Um, so he he realizes that him and Bruce, Bruce needed a, the uh, kidney transplant and in the future you can just clone kidneys, you know, but you gotta clone them from like a good match. And he realized when they did the testing, he was like a very good match for Bruce Wayne. So he was like, holy crap, I'm a clone of, of Bruce. He's like, I can't believe, he, he got pissed off at, at Bruce. He was like, I can't believe he was so egotistical to think that the world had to need needed a Batman so bad that he cloned himself. So he, he goes to visit Amanda Waller. Amanda Waller is like head of this shady government agencies and stuff, head of cloning. So that's why he goes and visits her. And eventually she tells him like, you are not a clone of Bruce. Like <clears throat> you're his son. And then she goes on to say like, and he doesn't even know that. She, she's like, so Amanda Waller used to be a villain in the Justice League cartoon. Because she was like, her whole thing was like, the Justice League is too strong. Like the United States government, we need to keep them in check. So she was the antagonist in that cartoon. And, but she eventually was won over by Batman. She eventually saw that like he was the best superhero there like was she was like the world needs batman 
because he like he has a heart that's so big. I can't fathom a world without Batman. So through her shady government connections, she overwrites Terry's dad's DNA, his reproductive DNA, to be Bruce Wayne's. So then when when his dad would have a kid with his you know mom, who have like the same psychological profiles as Martha and Thomas Wayne, they would create Batman. They would create Bruce Wayne essentially. And then she would have his parents killed. So then that would take him on the path of being Batman. And then, you know, when she sent she then sent Assassin, which happened to be Phantasm, and even in the Phantasm was like, I can't kill his parents. Like why if we wanted to honor Batman, we can't kill. And then the men was like, Yeah, you know what, you're right. And then she shoved the whole idea of trying to purposely make Terry Batman by killing his parents. Years later, Terry's dad dies anyway, he becomes Batman. Um, and Bruce has no idea about any of this. And so that was, so one thing, that whole part of the episode was really great. But Terry is like, the reason, Terry is still pissed off at Bruce because he, he thinks Bruce is like just so egotistical and he's always one step ahead of people. And then Amanda Waller is like, if you think that's, if you think that's all there is about him, then you don't really know him at all. And that's when she tells him the story of Ace, him swinging with Ace and everything like that. Great episode. It's my favorite episode. I mean, so I fell in love with the episode immediately after seeing it. Like, I, it was an immediate reaction to me changing my perception of the character of Batman that I love for so long. That's awesome. Um, especially to have it happen, like, it's not like it happened early on. You're like, this is the best thing ever, like, to happen in your sort of more mature, developed Batman yeah, I was experiences. like, it's team. Like it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't nostalgia that made me love that episode. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Chris, any other specific memories or calls you want to make about Kevin Conroy himself or about the Batman animated series? Um, no, I mean it's uh, you know, he was supposed to be at last year's Comic Con that we went to, which is really sad. Um, and I remember him canceling. Because he canceled like two days before, and I was like, "Oh, I just hope he's okay." Like, you know, I don't, you know, it's it's fine. I didn't get to. I already met him one time, um, and then uh, and I, I thought maybe it was like a COVID thing or something like that. And it could have been. It, not, it could have not had to do anything to do with this. Yeah, just COVID precautions or anything. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but he did cancel like two days beforehand. And I talked with uh, Susan Eisenberg when I got some stuff signed by her, who is the voice of Wonder Woman. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm sorry, Kevin, you know, couldn't make any stuff. Uh, but, you know, I hope he's doing okay and stuff. And also George Newborn, who's the voice of Superman, also canceled. She's like, oh, yeah, but, you know, we'll, we'll all be here, you know, next year or some other time. But I keep thinking about it like, man, like, there won't be a next time. It won't be a next year. But. At least we got one, one, and one good one in particular, memorable in yeah. a couple of ways. So obviously more would have been better, but uh, regardless, just to say you had it once and have the photo and the signature. Oh yeah, memory. Oh, yeah, I still have. Yeah, he signed DVD for me. Uh, just talking to him. I wish, I wish I had a better question, <laughs> but I didn't get really think of anything. You're too good of a fan. You don't have any questions. <laughs> Yeah, I you wish I could have he... been like those fans who just take up like all the time, and he's too polite to be like, "We we need to you know move it around. We need to move it along here." 
I just feel like they should have a sand timer so that he doesn't have to be polite. Just like you turn it over yeah. and you got your sixty seconds, right? Yeah. Um, but unre- unrelated. Uh, well, regardless. How long have we been talking about? Like forty minutes, man. Uh, thirty-five minute, thirty-six minutes. But oh, to be okay. fair, about six that. minutes about of that was you know Elon Musk and Twitter. So I think it's fair to say that Kevin Conroy deserves yeah. five times as much podcast attention as Elon Musk. Yeah, at least. At least, spare minutes. Uh, See, we yeah. haven't even done it justice. Justice pun intended. Haven't done it justice pun intended. Yeah. Uh, other sad news, like your, you know, Jason David Frank uh, also died recently. It was like a week after Kevin Conroy. So, like, it's it was so weird because, like, these are two icons of my Saturday morning cartoons as a kid. Um I don't think I, I kind of forget how much I was into Power Rangers. Like, I was really into Power Rangers from like, right when it, I remember the day it came out, I was floored by it. I was five years old. The Ibanez movie? Like the, no, the, well, the show came out first. Also, speaking of movies that came to But the show was out. The show was out like, Way you were five, where you were like, yeah, Two. it was like the first day. Of, no, I, it was what? First day of first day of kindergarten. I remember. Why does it feel so much that? older? Is know. it just because of the way it's filmed and the film was probably. older? Because 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 probably because what they were working on was probably two years old at least. I suppose that yeah, I suppose. Um, I watched I watched a lot of the first season of Power Rangers and I had a lot of the toys. Um, I I wouldn't say I was a big Power Rangers fan, but like of the show, but I loved the toys. Right, like you got brightly colored really? no, action I, figures I, in a collectible sense. The toys. Some of them the pieced together until, until just now. I bought. Oh, I've I've not to interrupt you. Sorry. Um, I had on my Amazon wish list. I had this White Ranger Power Rangers toy that's been on there now for probably a couple of years. I just kept like waiting for for it to go on, on sale a certain amount, and then uh, Jason David Frank died, and then it went on sale for like five dollars cheaper, than, <laughs> which wasn't I can afford it easily, <laughs> and I was like, oh you know I'll buy it. Feels like the right occasion. And, yeah, and then once I got one, and then I got like the rest of them because <laughs> I had to. You had to as part of the deal. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just, I literally just took these out the box, like right before we were recording, because it was time for me to take these out the box. Um, yeah. So anyway, go on, go on. No, I th- those toys. That I mean, that's just ready made for kids, right? Like I said, you got brightly colored. Yeah. You got a group, like yeah. a, a tangible group that you need to get all of. You got some that fit together. My favorite is my sister and I both had different Megazords. Mine was from. Ooh. Let me think. Mine was not from the Ivan Ooze movie. Hers was from the Ivan Ooze movie. Which I love. Mine, I, I still enjoy watching the movie to this day. I mean, I'll go, like, I'll watch it on occasion. I mean, on occasion, it might be every third or fourth years or something. Oh, my mm-hmm. TV just, like, kind of kicked on. That was creepy. Hold up. Let me turn my TV off. Y'all are hearing Scott Van Pelt. That that can't be. Listen, I like Scott Van Pelt. That was creepy. Um, Or unmuted or something. Anyway, um, I don't know what movie mine is from, but it's not the original. 
Megazord. But yeah, we'll still go back and watch the Ivan Ooze one just for sentimentality's sake every, I'll say, yeah. you know, four or five years. And But those toys are great. Any toy where I can have individual pieces that hooks together, I'm going to call it like mm. the, the McDonald's collect them all effect. Uh, it wasn't from McDonald's, but I was all over that. So bigger fan. I, I will say my... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I don't know why I didn't get the toys. I'm actually surprised I didn't, because I really was. like, I was into Power Rangers from Mighty Morphin until they went to space. And after they were in space, I was like... Is that, where they, is that where they had the weird-shaped visors on their faces? Like, the different-shaped visors? Maybe. I mean, they always have different kind of... I wasn't that into Turbo. And that's when I was like, eh, well, I'm in Turbo. And then I got back into it with, like, Ninja Storm... And something else. Oh, and then Dino Thunder, where Jason David Frank came back. But this time he was like a pro- he was like a professor at the school, and then he was the Black Power Ranger. Um, so yeah, he was hmm. he was many different Rangers. He was he was like the have... only one to be more than two colors. He was the green, white, the red, and then the black. I um, I don't think I ever touched anything beyond the first season. But there again, I saw toys. And there was like a Christmas where I got they they all had different co- like different shape visors like one had like an oval and one had like a star. That is Zio. That is Zio. I wasn't I'm, that into Zio at all. I'm gonna go ahead and say those toys were a turnoff for me. It had lost some of its luster by that point. But yeah, Jason um, yeah, David Frank uh, was the he was he. I think that's when he stopped. Was the Red Zio Ranger? Or wait, what came first, Zio or Turbo? Uh, I'm mad that I can't remember which came first between Zio and Turbo. Anyway. I think my favorite individual <laughs> episode, though, is I can't remember his name, but it's like this this pig wearing like a giant Roman helmet is like eating all of yeah. the food. Everybody Angel remembers Grove. that for some reason. I don't know. I think it if it was just on all the time, if it was everybody's favorite, but then the solution was that they like fed him a giant spicy sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how they saved the that day. weird. Man, I I love Power Rangers so much, and like, so you know, we, we talk about like great character arcs, bad guy to good guy character arcs, mm-hmm. and I think for a whole generation of people, Tommy's Green Ranger arc from being like when he came in, he kicked everybody's butt. Like he I took on all five of them at once. Man. Yeah, he went into the Megazord. Like I was like, holy crap! You could go. People can just go in there. He went in there beat the crap out of them, threw them out the Megazord, and then went and just kept beating their ass so bad. Like, it was like he was on a whole nother level. And then he became good, and that was great and all. And then he lost his power, and then I remember when the White Ranger came. It's like, Zordon was like, we have a new Ranger. And like he came down like from the sky. <laughs> the light was like shining on him. And like it was mysterious. pretty, pretty heavy-handed Jesus metaphor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this long-haired, white-clad like, fella comes weird... from heaven. Yeah. He came down in this like weird pose, and then he took off the helmet. And was like, holy crap, it's Tommy! He's back. That was like, that that was so huge for a little kid. Um, like I remember wanting to know karate because of Power Rangers. But not like, just like practicing the moves. That was probably a big era between that. Like I was thinking of that and like three ninjas and teenage mutant ninja turtles. Yeah. Like everything yeah. had to be a ninja. Ninjas were big. 
everything had to know karate or kung fu. Yeah. And then, uh, so a lot of those, you know, I don't know we talked about this before with Power Rangers. They were all, like, legit martial artists. Not all of them. Um, Kimberly, the pink rate, Haley Joe, well, I forget her name. She was a, just um, a gymnast, she was, she essentially, was a real right? gymnast. Sorry, that sounded really, not just a gymnast. She was a gymnast. <laughs> Yeah, she was a gymnast. Uh, all the rest of them had like some type of karate or martial arts training. Um, uh, and then he went on to be like in MMA. Like he did a few fights. I'm not sure if it was in UFC, but probably like, one of those like second tier type of deals. Um, so he was like a legit martial artist. He, he respected the the craft. Um. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think that was maybe just a couple days before Thanksgiving, like the Tuesday before Thanksgiving or something like that. Yeah. And, well, and I don't want to get in too far into this, but, you know, monitor your loved one's mental health, mental yes. health yes. and your own mental yeah, health. Yeah. And uh, never, never shy away from recommending that people get professional help um, in, in polite, sensitive ways, if need be. I don't know if there's a better way to say that, but... Monitor your and your loved one's mental health. Be aware. Yes. Absolutely. Um, and he, he was he was very loved by his fans. Like we so he was at last year's Planet Comic Con and I was like, Man, we should we go to that panel? And like we were very busy that <laughs> I mean well, I say that. Had our own was... panel to plan for, Chris. Yeah, we had our own panel. Um, Nobody was as busy like, as busy as Adam Savage, but we were pretty busy. Holy crap. Yeah. Um, but he had a, uh, Jason David Frank also had a really long line for his panel. Um, he had a long, long line to meet him. Like at first I was like, hey, you know, what? I should go meet him. I was like, man, this line is really long. Like I can't wait. <laughs> um, but just, I mean, it's good to know that he, you know, did have a, I always enjoy that people, you know, before they go, they knew what they meant to other people. And Cameron Conroy was, was definitely that way as well. Like he, knew absolutely the love that fans had for him. And I'm sure that Jason David Frank did too. Mm-hmm. No, it it seemed like uh it seemed like Kevin Kevin Conroy was very genuine about his relationship with the fans and in terms of uh existing as that character for his fans and because of his fans in that cycle. He seemed very yeah. genuine to that and very aware of that. Um well, this was by and large very depressing, Chris. And with a give me, give me like a happy Kevin Conroy memory or something before we got to end on like a positive. So this is somewhat uh, so in, in a lot of different panels that he goes to. He sings a song called "In My Blue," which just shows in the in the there's an episode of just sleep where <laughs> it sounds weird. In order, what a woman is turned into a pig by the sorceress. Named Cersei. You know, and, that whole shtick. Yeah. And in order to... Batman makes a deal with her. He, like, trades his humility to free Diana. And he sings a song called In My Blue. Um, great, great song. He was singing. He had a, he had a really great voice. Uh, so that might be the funnest thing. I really wish he would have, like, been on... I'm surprised he wasn't on Avatar. Because Andre Romano, who's the voice director... Or Avatar and Batman the Animated Series. Um, I'm surprised they never like, brought him in to do anything. I've been trying to think to myself, like, what character would I have liked for him to do? Um, 
And maybe he's I probably working Roku. on PS3 games or something. Really... Just kidding. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Avatar Roku already has a really great voice actor. Um, probably Avatar Roku. If I could. Think of... Not that I would. Not that I'm. Like I said, voice actor for Avatar Roku does great too. But if I could just like. Oh, well, I, I think he would have been good at. I think that would have been a good one. Chris, final thoughts? Last chance for positive memories? Uh, Gotta be, end on something happy. Gotta be something happy. I can't be in tears going into our next recording. Uh, pff, I don't know. That great. I've been watching a lot of Naruto, which also has been making me sad. Not sad. Just, I have like far more emotion of a person uh, just growing up, just since I was a kid, that just life happens to you, and you can relate to things a lot better. And you can, you're not trying to like hide your emotions and stuff. You can let things out. Uh, like Naruto stuff triggers traumatic like, memories, whether you want it to or not. Yeah, uh, but Naruto has a lot of moments. So just like, oh man, this is really good. I'm just crying. This kid. Uh, gosh, Sean, I can't think of like a good. Uh, very upbeat, positive send off. Uh, Did you have a nice Thanksgiving? No, I did. Sean went to a funeral. <laughs> you went to Kevin Conroy's funeral? No, I'm just kidding. That's no. not... <laughs> I, I, Sorry, I, that's probably I, 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 insensitive. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, I, well, Thanksgiving was fine, but over that weekend, I drove to Little Rock for uh, about seven hours away for. Uh, uh, you know, though I wasn't close to the person, so I'm. You don't have to ask me about. I'm fine. So, um, but I didn't even. I I was just sitting in the car really during the funeral with my crying two year old. Anyway, Favorite place to be seven uh, hours each way with an angry two year old. Yeah, the drive back was actually pretty fun. The drive the drive to there was actually pretty scenic and stuff. I was like, oh, this is like nice hills and stuff. I think we're like maybe the base of a mountain, some mountain somewhere over there, small mountain. So much It feels like you're like, driving shit. like on the side of a mountain sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Which is scary for me. I don't like <laughs> I like looking at I like, it. I don't like being there. Like there was a car on a ditch and I was like, if they just went like a few yards over, it would have died. Anyway, Absolutely. Like, man, we keep getting more and more <laughs> morbid on this. Action. Went to Arkansas because somebody died, and I thought about how easy be to die while I was driving there. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. <laughs> uh, uh, this, it's not a happy subject, but it's like anytime as, as somebody will tell us they went to a funeral, and you know, you, you're like supposed to say the nice things, like, oh, you know, who is it? How, how are you feeling? All that stuff. Every once in a while, depending on the mood that Heather's in, like after that person goes away, she'll lean over to me whisper, whisper, she'll be like, I go to lots of funerals, nobody asked me that shit. <laughs> I'll be like, that's the meanest thing I've ever heard you say. And it's pretty uh, funny. But anyway. <laughs> Sometimes you have to laugh to keep from crying. Uh, in, in that industry, I think you probably you, do. They don't yeah, all have dark senses of humor. Like some of them are just like super flat, super chill. But I think in her line of work, you probably I gotta have a sense of humor. I would, I would cry so much. 
I feed off the emotions of other people. So if it was a happy yeah. funeral in in like the celebration of life way, I'd probably be fine. And if it's a sad funeral, I'd probably not be very functional as a worker. Uh, but my funerals are rarely ever like that, unless that person was like eighty or something. Yeah, you know, Chris, we're getting to a place where there's more of those, and it could be like you know, like you and my upbringing in like midwestern christian households where that's really not the case yeah. like it should be if you think about like what christianity is and you should you should be joyful the, i think i've had a conversation before about uh um princess and the frog like i have this whole epiphany about it while while i was sitting in a movie theater and i cried my eyes out about this epiphany because you know in so now we're in the tangent part of the episode yeah but we're getting the to happy episode, step now yeah well it's sort of happy. yeah sure it's happy. So in the, in Princess and the Frog, right? Uh, I forgot his name. Oh Ray, oh Ray, yeah Ray. Ray the lightning bug was killed. Well, he, yeah, he was killed. Um, and like all lightning bugs are at a funeral and stuff. And like when they Ray was talking about like this star Julie, he was like, wait, Julie? I think his name is Julie. No, no, I like Julie oh. better. Uh, what is his name? Oh, Angeline. Angeline. Oh, he like he like oh my Angeline. One day I'm gonna be with Angeline. Oh, look at my beautiful Angeline. And everyone is like, oh, he's kind of crazy. Like that's that, he's that's like it's just a star in the sky. It's like a clear sky. You can see there's just one star. So at the funeral, everyone is like sad and stuff, and they're and they're sad about him being gone and and lost and dying. And then like they see this, they look up, they see the star. Uh, what what's the name? Angeline. Angeline. Uh, see the star and then there's a cloud by the star and the cloud goes away and there's a new star there and then they all start rejoicing because that's that's old ray like ray became the star ray was with evangeline like he and and to me that is a like and everyone starts rejoicing because like oh he's you know he's made it he's there where he thought he would be there to me that is a sentiment of of any belief, I'm, I'm gonna say Christianity because I'm Christian. Like, as Christians, we believe like Lord's willing, when you die, you go to heaven. Like, and heaven is amazing. It's great. It's it's no worries, nothing. It's just everything you ever want. Need you have the sense of easy, you know, of, of ease at you. You're you're with your loved ones. You're with Jesus, with God. But when people die, like we don't think of that we think we're just mostly sad we don't celebrate their them transcending into uh in, into heaven I think... so that was like so i was just sitting in the movie theater watching that oh because i didn't say this before my grandma had just recently passed away like a couple months before that and so i'm just sitting in the movie theater just crying my eyes out just like yeah why am i like so uh sad like it was, it was a good cry it was a joyful mm-hmm. cry I think a combination of of upbringing in our circles, but like since Heather has been in her current role, I hear more of those. And weirdly enough, they tend to be, well, I don't, I don't want to generalize that way, but it it maybe tends to be with people in situations that you wouldn't expect it, but where they take the kind of celebration of life route. And it's more, I won't say like a, like a party, but almost like a, like a dinner party, like yeah, everybody's still polite a, and like you're celebrating, yeah, that person's life. And... 
and even if you don't believe in the afterlife, well, maybe, you know, it, it even in those cases, it feels like they're yeah. still celebrating like the, the earthly life of uh, the person yeah. or whatever. So I hear more of those now from Heather and that makes me feel good because I kind of like that a- approach to it. Whereas it feels like I said it, you know, all the funerals until I was like 20 that I had ever been to were just like really long churches, you know, <laughs> mm, yeah. this is a really long mass no, where think- we stood outside at the end. I think uh, I think uh, the funerals I've been to, where I feel like I've, I've really, my grandma's funeral was, was just like it was just sad, like it just felt like all sad. Um, I feel like as I've been to more recently, it's more like half and half. Like yeah, we are very sad, but like hey, let's talk about like oh man, you remember this time, this time, and like man, like can't believe that that like you start celebrating that person's life. Um, well, I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm more so in the half and half spot, which I, I get. To me, that's like the best. <laughs> that's that's the right balance. Yeah. Be a little sad, be a little. See, we, we kind of upticked it there at the end from falling off cliffs yeah. in Arkansas to happy endings in a literal way. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's time, anyhow, Chris. Let, <laughs> let, let's, uh, let's talk about plot holes. Let's, let's talk about different episodes. Well, but anyway, um, R.I.P. Uh, you know, especially Kevin Conroy, just from from the relationship that we have with him and that character. Obviously, also to Jason Day for Frank. Uh, weird or maybe appropriate. I don't know that it happened by Thanksgiving. All that stuff being said, we hope you and your families had a happy Thanksgiving. Or if you don't celebrate Thanksgiving, that you just had a pretty solid Thursday. Um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever. And my name's Sean. That guy down there is my friend Chris Ford, a.k.a. The Objective Geek of YouTube and the the quickly burning down world of Twitter semi-fame. I'm just kidding. It's not burning down. It's going to be fine. And we'll talk to you next week. I feel like we should have had a somber closeout song for Kevin Conley. No.